gentlemen, to JWF Monday Night Ignition. I'm your host, Silver Spoon. Joined, as always, by the man who went to heck and lived the tale of the tale. It's Captain Tibbs. Thank you, Sills. Once again, we have emerged from the jaws of heck itself. And let me tell you, Sills, it was a night to remember. That's right, the landscape of the JWF certainly was changed last night. Your son, Chuck Tibbs, got hit with one of his own moves, the Trinity Bomb by Guy Fieri. So our champion was able to retain the title. Hollywood Hulcher walked out of his best of seven series and out of the devastating heck and a sec match with the victory over Danny Roanoke. And I think the biggest shock of them all was Blake Tanner ending a 10-month, never-winning, constantly-defeated streak when he won the Captain's Championship last night. And, Tim, that was the biggest shock of them all when it came to me. Very surprising, Sills. But uh, as I mentioned the night before, it it looks like Blake Tanner has found a place that he can actually win matches, and that is in heck in a sec. That is right, but we do need to speak about the elephant in the room when it came to that match. Um, er, Early on, we saw the Dylan. His arm was feeling a little bit weak during that match. And of course, that bloody eagle maneuver from Ghazi, double underhooking, both arms dropping Dylan onto his skull. Post-match, Dylan went to be visited by our doctors, who did unfortunately inform him that he did suffer a torn rotator cuff during that match, which means, unfortunately, the Dylan is out of action for the foreseeable future. But right now, I got to I gotta wish the best of luck to our former captain's champion. Oh, absolutely, Sills. Rotator cuff injury. No, no, <laughs> it, it, it can be pretty gruesome. That could be months of recovery time just to get back to your old strength, uh, uh, let alone the actual pain that you feel and the fact that you can't even lift your arm above a certain level. That's right. I mean, you, you got to remember the end of that match, even despite the torn rotator cuff, despite the injuries, Dylan was still crawling, still attempting to break up that pinfall where Blake Tanner had Gazi pinned down to the mat. But unfortunately, he could not make it in time, which is why Blake Tanner is our new captain's champion. But you got to think it's called heck in a sec for a reason. And Dylan went through heck being tossed from the top of the cage, not once, but but twice. I, I mean, the man went through absolute hell last night. Exactly, Sills. That is that is what part of the pay per view is. That's what that why that show is one of the most gruesome of the year. That's why it does have usually the highest injury rate per capita that we have. Uh, I, I made sure that everybody signed all the waivers, so don't worry. That is right, Tim. But for now, why don't we get in and see how the landscape has changed with our power rankings. Let's start off with our tag division, where, of course, Bananas in Pajamas, Mr. Cash in the Bag, coming in at fifth. Zero wins, three losses, one tie. And, Tibbs, I got to ask you, what's it going to take for Bananas in Pajamas to get back on their winning ways? In the past, that cash-in-the-bag briefcase has been a boon for some superstars, but for them, it's almost seemed like a curse. They just haven't been able to get much momentum behind them. Well, so, uh, honestly, the, the thing about Bananas in Pajamas is they've got to show up. You, you want to come in and you want to you want to remind people that you got a winning ways. You, you got to show up for matches and you got to come to me and, and let me know you're ready for a match. These guys, most of the time, they spend it at catering. 
They're not hungry. Well, they're hungry in the wrong ways. <laughs> well, in number four is Coach and Friend, a team that actually looked pretty dominant last night in their match against Robert Hill. And But unfortunately, they didn't win. Robert Hill showing a lot of dominance, beating both members, pinning them both to the mat. And then, of course, at number three, we have the Wild-Eyed Southern Boys, who unfortunately also lost their match last night as they took on the VWO. Number two, the War Wizards. Three wins, two losses, but also they have not been seen in a while, Tibbs. I don't, I don't know what the, uh, the War Wizards have been thinking. They have just been disappearing off the face of the map. I'm not entirely sure Sylves haven't been in contact with them. They haven't shown up to tapings either. Uh, I tried giving the War Wizard a call the other day. Just gone straight to voicemail. That is right. And then in number one, the VWO. And this is what we were talking about last night, Tibbs. That jealousy between our tag team champions, the Rising Suns, and their brothers, the VWO. I mean, we are heading to a family feud if the VWO can keep this number one contender spot, keep this winning streak going, especially after last night when it wasn't the Hammerman. It was not Fomos on. It was Griffin Clouds of the VWO who made sure they walked out with those tag titles. Very true, Sills. Uh, you know, as a VWO like to, they like to keep it in the family. That's definitely going to be a, a, a bit of contention in the camp of the VWO, knowing that they're going up against the Rising Suns sometime in the future. That's right. And then on to our singles rankings. At number five, shocking the world is AJ Steele. Two victories, two losses under the man with the body of Steele's belt. But also, you got to remember this. AJ Steele with the uh, the hard Americans behind him, he may have, be in championship contention in no time if he can keep up this momentum. You got to keep up the winning streak, Sills, which is something that I'm not entirely sure that he could commit to. We're just going to have to see what his future holds. And number four, the man who came out victorious last night, Hollywood Hulcher. Seven wins, seven losses. Uh, now that the Dillon's been injured and taken off this list, Hollywood Hulcher has had the most matches out of anybody this year. And as you can see, it's worked out in his favor half and half, like seven, seven, zero ties. Very true, Sills. Actually, we're about to see that on the, the next competitor, too. Number three, a 50-50 win rate, win-loss rate, as it were. No ties for either of these guys uh, at the number three or number four position. That's right. Number three is the man who unfortunately did not come out victorious last night. At heck in a sec. Your son, Chuck Tibbs. And it honestly, at some point, seemed like Chuck was relying too much on, on violence, relying on I guess you could say the gimmick of the heck in a sec match, the brutality that can be caused. And unfortunately, that lack of focus, that lack of thinking about the victory, or not thinking about the match, that is what led Guy Fieri to getting the momentum into that Trinity Bomb, pinning Chuck to the mat. Mm-hmm. It also sells lack of form, a lack of concentration, just across the board from what I've seen. Chuck's getting two in his head, and if he keeps staying in this place in his head, he's not going to see that championship gold for a long time. That's just that's just the truth of it. That's right. A man who may seem see championship gold right now is our number two spot, Griffin Clouds, one half of the VWO. And let me tell you something. Like we said last night, Griffin has had a banner year, actually winning the uh, the tag team championships for his brothers last night. 
He is now also number two in the singles rankings. Griffin may be well on his way to being the first competitor to hold the JWF Championship and the Tag Team Championships if he can keep it up. Yes, last night, great victory for Griffin Clouds. What I... What, what I'm a little worried about right now is if Griffin is going to fall into the same place that the Hammerman fell into just a few months ago. Hammerman was, of course, on both of our power rankings lists, and he eventually had to choose whether he wanted to be a singles or a tag team competitor. I don't know if Griffin Clouds is going to uh, have to face that same choice anytime soon, but with him being number two in uh, our uh, singles power rankings and being part of the number one ranked tag team, in our division, uh, it just feels like that choice is coming down the pipe somewhere. That's right, but you got to admit, it paid off in spades for the man known as the Hammer Man. I mean, he ended up choosing the tag team division, and it led to him becoming tag team champions alongside his tag team partner, FOMO-san. I mean, sometimes you make a decision, and it pays off. And for Griffin Clouds, I think that decision could pay off in spades. But why don't we get to number one in our power rankings, which usually was occupied by the Dylan, a man who had been undefeated all year, but now is occupied by a man who has only been defeated once, but that was by disqualification, Tib. And that is the man known as the King of the Hill, Robert Hill. And I want you to look. Chuck Tibbs, 50-50 score. Griffin Clouds, three wins, two losses. Robert has had six matches and only one has been a loss for him. And as I said, it was due to a DQ. Yes, Robert Hill, he has not been pinned or submitted since joining the, the JWF roster, since coming up from JXT, as it were. And he has completely uh, changed the game in his own way. He's even, uh, that, that one disqualification, uh, uh, almost I would say it doesn't count. It has to count for power ranking purposes, but otherwise, in every other match, he has been completely dominant. That's right. So you got to think Guy Fieri has to have his eyes open for the king of the hill. But one man who definitely has had his eyes opened lately is the man known as Hollywood Hulcher. Uh, a man who we've seen grow through this best of seven series with Danny Roanoke. He started out as a hot shot young upstart. And it's almost seemed like he's gained the mind, the intelligence of a veteran through that best of seven series. Uh, I think you're right, Sills. Uh, he's got more confidence in the ring. He, he's definitely improved his style. He's improved his moveset. He's improved just about everything about himself as a performer through this best of seven series. And I think he's going to be a real contender from now on. That's right. But what is next for Hollywood Ultra? That was the big question last night, and it continues through to today which is why we have sent one of our top interviewers to hear from Hollywood Hulture ahead of next month's pay-per-view. Let's have a listen. Ladies and gentlemen, Dodd the Dad McDonald backstage here with the man who came out victorious last night at Heck in a Sec, winning the Best of Seven series against his rival, Danny Roanoke, Hollywood Hulture. Now, Hollywood, me and everybody else, we gotta know, what is next for the man from Hollywood? Look, McDonald, I just can't believe it. Uh, I mean, heck in a sec, that, uh, that devastating structure, one of the most painful things I've ever been through. And, and in my match last night, I stepped against a legend. I stepped against Danny Roanoke, and uh, I still can't believe it, but I, I won. I actually won. I beat him. <laughs> I, I, I know that I talked 
a big game beforehand, but uh, but really, this is one of the biggest long shots I've ever taken in my career, and I, I did it. Uh, uh, I beat uh, Danny Roanoke. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the interview. Danny Roanoke, the man who was defeated last night at uh, heck in a sec. D Danny, do you have any words? Stand up straight and have some confidence, Halter. You beat me fair and square last night. You tapped me out, and now you're acting like you don't deserve this victory. Look, I get it. You don't want... You, you want to seem humble to the JWF universe. You want to seem likable, but don't... Don't you dare act like you didn't work for that victory. That discounts everything that you and I left in that ring, left in that ring for seven different matches. What happened at Heck in a Sec was not a fluke, Mr. Halter. It was your proving ground. It was your opportunity to prove me wrong and shut me up, and you did exactly that. So cut it with your humble little fighter crap because we all saw you go to war last night. Have some damned confidence and some respect in yourself. Because I know I certainly do after last night. Whoa. Thank you, Danny. That, uh... Oh, that means a lot. Can't wait to do it again. Oh, no, we've wrestled seven times over the past two months. I think we can take a break for now. Well, well, uh, that was, uh, unexpected, McDonald. But, uh, listen, as far as the future goes, I, uh, I guess we'll just have to find out now, uh, won't we? Well, Tibbs, I think that might be the most, sh the sh most shocking moment of the week. Danny Roanoke finally showing a bit of humility in agreeing that Hollywood Hulcher has grown and definitely proved himself at heck in a sec. What a shot. Of course, Sills. So. That, that is what you want to see in, in, in any type, in a wrestler. Uh, growth. Actually building on their own foundation. This is what we're all here for. To see performers become their best selves. That's right, but one performer who certainly did not show his best side last night was the man known as the Hammer Man. I mean, his brother, Griffin Clouds, he climbed that ladder to win his tag titles for him, to basically win the match for him. And what, what did we see? The Hammer Man actually punched Griffin off the top of the ladder, said, I'm going to do it myself, and it almost led to their loss. Uh, true, true. Uh, yeah. Honestly, in a match like that, it's hard not to let your own personal feelings get in the way. Uh, with, like what happened with the Hammer Man, a little bit of sibling rivalry started to take over. Especially when it wasn't the Hammer Man or Fomosan who was going for those belts for the win. And the Hammer Man, it almost took control of him. Like the moment when he shoved his own brother off of a ladder. That is right, Tibbs, but the Hammerman's back tonight, and he says he wants to prove himself. He says that he has talked it over with Griffin. He has attempted to apologize, 
and Griffin said that's perfectly fine, but you got to prove yourself tonight taking on A.J. Steele, the leader of the Hard Americans and the man that damn near won the Hammerman's tag titles away from him last night. Hammerman said that he wanted to prove himself tonight, prove that he could win against the Hard Americans, and you can see both of these men, they're looking to do that right now. This is going to be an interesting match, Sills. You got a lot of frustration from last night that these two men are going to be letting out in the ring. That's right, and you hear that bell going ding, and Hammerman just marching across the ring, excited to get his hands on AJ Steele. But damn it, Tibbs, look at this. AJ's just hiding behind the ropes, forcing a rope break from our referee before the Hammerman can even, can even touch him. Now, Tibbs, I, I do want to ask you this. Do you think this is... This is a smart tactic, hiding between these ropes. You can see AJ continuing to hide. Do you think this is wise, or is he just making the Hammerman pissed off at this point? It looks like it's a kind of dual strategy, Sills. As you see, uh, AJ Steele, he's in a position where he, he can't be touched by the Hammerman, really. He's taunting the Hammerman. He's hoping that the Hammerman will make a mistake right now. That is what he's banking on. That's right, and it looks like he's just made the Hammer Man mad as he rushes for the big hammer boot. But, oh, AJ ducked, and Hammer Man's boot just crashes into that turnbuckle, and he might have tore something in that leg as AJ follows it up with, oh, a big dragon corkscrew leg whip. And I think that is all it was going to take to turn the tides for AJ Steele trying for a quick pin. Ooh, but Hammerman kicking out at one. But look at this, AJ following it up with a big series of strikes to the leg. He, I think uh, Hammerman's got a big target right there on that leg. Very true, Stills. That is exactly what, what AJ Steele wanted to happen. Something along those lines. AJ Steele, he doesn't care about having a great wrestling match. All he cares about is getting the win. And if he can hurt his opponent and put him in a situation like he's got the hammer in right now, that just makes it easier for him. Well, not only that, you got to remember about 90% of Hammerman's offense comes from those legs. The spin kick, the leg drop, the big hammer boot as we just saw. Hammerman likes to put those educated feet to good use. But unfortunately, AJ has got Hammerman up, whips him into the turnbuckle. And then, oh my God, that vicious back elbow that he likes to call jet fuel. Remember, that is how he beat the Hammerman back at, or I'm sorry, beat the War Wizard back at JWF Hangover. Goes for the pinfall. One, two, ooh, and Hammerman proving that jet fuel cannot melt the tenacity of one half of the JWF Tag Team Champions. Kick it out, but unfortunately, AJ just looking pissed. Ooh, transitioning into a knee bar, and unfortunately, I think the Hammerman might have been celebrating prematurely there. That is true, Sills. The Hammerman is still in a dangerous position right now, and he's got to, he's got to pull out all the stops to get AJ Steele down. That's right. He is locked in that knee bar, and you can see the Hammerman just crawling, begging for some sort of mercy as he finally grabs onto that rope. Now, AJ, you see, trying to go back to the center, but Hammerman rolls around, kicks him away. But Hammerman knows he's in a bad way. Big clothesline. Then another. Oh, and a massive backbreaker to AJ Steele. But I do want you to notice this. Usually we see Hammerman bebopping around the ropes, looking like a human pinball. But Hammerman was forced to stay in place. But it looked like he got that comeback off as he backs up into the corner. And Tibbs, let me tell you something. He's aiming for what I call a Hail Mary play. He's going to go for that big hammer boot. But you got to think about the legs in this. 
Yeah, Sills, this is going to be, uh, this is all or nothing right now. That's right, goes for the hammer boot, but AJ ducks it again and, oh, just clips the knee right out from underneath him. Oh, and he has pulled down the elbow pad. Tibbs, he might be looking for a second rolling elbow, a second jet fuel, but Hammerman ducks it. Hammerman ducks it and hits the rising sun. That massive back suplex. Little nod to his tag team partner, Fomos, on there, and he bridges up. One, two, three. And at the very last minute, Hammerman coming out of this victorious, but you gotta think AJ Steele, he forced Hammerman to act clever, to think outside of the box, think outside of that leg-based offense. And that's what, of course, led to him pulling out that suplex. But I, I think if Hammerman didn't have that suplex on his side, AJ may have came out of this victorious. It could have been true, Sills. After last night, uh, of course, a vicious match that both of these men were in. They're they're going to be a little bit tender. They're going to be a little bit more susceptible to uh, a lot of damage. Uh, uh, just like the Hammerman's leg, if he wasn't able to play it close to the vest like he was, and if he wasn't able to rely on the fact that he is a massively talented individual in the ring, this probably would have gone bad for him. That's right, but speaking of men who have adapted in the ring, who have pulled out uh, new moves, pulled out the, all these stops, I want to talk about our JWF World Heavyweight Champion, Guy Fieri, a man who last night gave Chuck Tibbs a taste of his own medicine when he dropped him with one of the most deadly moves in JWF history, the Trinity Bomb. Draped Chuck onto his neck, just squashed him in two, and that is what led to his victory last night. And Tibbs, let me tell you something. I know every JWF champion, we teach him the Trinity Bomb. That way, if worse comes to worse, if they've got to pull out that move, they can. But it seems like Chuck Tibbs has started this world where you just use it willy-nilly whenever you want. Yeah, I know, Sills. This is not this is not what the Trinity Bomb is supposed to be used for. The Trinity Bomb is uh, something that is a last-ditch effort. It is your last resort because if done properly, we have not seen a Trinity Bomb done properly by either of these men yet. And sometimes it only just takes practice. But if they were to do it 100% full power, it could kill somebody, Sills. I cannot stress that enough. And my insurance does not cover that. Well, the last successful Trinity Bomb, I have to say, was ironically enough just about a year ago to the date at Los Trios Tangos. And it was ironically delivered by Chuck Tibbs. He took out Mojo Gruff with that move, albeit with the assistance of you and Momoa Curry. But he has been, he's used that move to success in the past. But last night, Guy Fieri proved he could use it just as well. And our champion is actually backstage right now with one of our top interviewers. So why don't we hear from the king of Flavortown? Hello, everybody. Honeypot McPeanut Baby here with the man who successfully defended his title against Chuck Tibbs last night in a heck in a sec match. Guy Fieri. Now, Guy, ha having stepped into that devilish structure now, I have to ask, what is next for the king of Flavortown? What's next for Guy Fieri? What's next for me? That's what you want to know? It's to assert myself. Honeypot, assert myself as the legend that I am. You see, I've been waiting three long years for this moment, Honeypot. Ever since I forced my way into the first ever king of the Steel City Tournament, which I won, by the way, I've been waiting 
to have this gold around my waist and sure the path wasn't exactly point A to point B. I, I lost my way a few times, formed a two, few tag teams, won a few other titles, but the goal, it was always to be standing here with this championship around my waist, to be the man on the top of the mountain. And let me tell you, the view up here is phenomenal because I'm looking down off this mountain's peak, staring up for challengers, and I've realized something, honeypot. Nobody can touch me. No one can even come close to Guy Fieri, which is why this year at Los Trios Tangos, I... Oh, Tibbs, look at this. We got the king of Flavortown, but that is the king of the hill right there. Robert Hill just walking up to Fieri, not saying a word. Looking down at the JWF Championship, and I think Robert Hill, he says that if you don't think you got any challengers, I'll step up right the hell now. Very true, Sills. He's, he's number one in the power rankings for a reason. He definitely, he, he has every right to challenge for that championship of Guy Vietti's. That's right, and you can see the champ looking a little bit shaking, just to throw it away, honeypot, saying the interview's over. Guy Fieri certainly seems shaken by this. And let me tell you something, I certainly would be too if that big beast of a man, a man who defeated a legendary tag team last night, not once, but twice. I think Fieri has got his title reign maybe on a time limit now. It's just when Robert says it's over. Uh-huh. Of course, after winning it just a couple of months ago, Guy Fieri, he still wants to hold on to that championship with everything he's got. You can tell how important it was winning the JWF World Heavyweight Championship, and now to have this kind of obstacle placed in your way, it's got to look like you're about to lose it. That is right, but as we heard Fietti's talk about, we've been mentioning it all week, our next pay-per-view, Los Trios Tangos, coming up in four weeks, and we've seen some iconic matches happen here. The VWO versus the BS. The, uh, the uh, team known as the Elite, of course, invading one year and taking on the Fight Boys. We've had numerous amazing matches that take place at Los Trios Tangos. And, and Tibbs, you said you had an amazing announcement for this next pay-per-view. 100% Sills. I think this is going to be the biggest and greatest Los Trios Tangos ever. All right. So why don't you get up to the ring and let the people know what's coming next. Hello, everybody. It is that time of year again. Los Trios Tangos season. One of my favorite, favorite pay-per-views of all. That means we're going to have a hell of a show waiting for you. Factions of three men taking on three other men in devastating elimination matches. Championships are going to be decided at this pay-per-view. Wars will be waged. And I've got a great announcement to kick things off this year. And that is that we will finally beat. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, that, that's the music uh, of the Night Terror himself, Gazi. The, the man who injured the Dillon last night. The man who, who came out unsuccessful from heck in a sec. But also, he seemed unfocused lately. And it looks like that his lack of focus has been due to the higher power returning. And I think Ozzy's coming out with some news on that. No, 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 Tibbs, Tibbs. No, it's not your time. You need to get out of the ring, Tibbs. They're going to be furious with us if you don't get out of the ring, Tibbs. You need to get out of the ring. They're going to be angry with me. Gazi, what the hell are you talking about? 
He's here, Tips. He's here. He's finally here. Whoa. Ladies and gentlemen, the lights have gone out here in the JWF arena. I don't, I don't know what the hell Ghazi's going on about, but... Well, that's the music of the man who Ghazi broke the arm of back at Summerfest, Scotty Morton. And what the hell is Scotty thinking? He is shaking hands with the devil himself. But... Oh, no. Hey, everybody! Welcome back. Welcome back. Yes, thank you. Thank you. I know. I'm back. Oh, wait, 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 hold on, wait a minute, wait a minute. Ever since Ghazi started calling me the higher power, which was not my idea, by the way, his emo ass really liked it, but I really have wanted to do this. <clears throat> it's me, Tibbs! It's been me all along! I'm the higher power, baby! Oh my god. <sighs> Scotty, what the hell are you doing here? Well, Tibsy, 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 earlier this year, you may have remembered most iconic moment ever in Wrestlepalooza history, I won the JWF Championship. I walked out of the biggest show of the year with the biggest prize in the business over this pretty little shoulder here. I was king of the mountain, and you know, I thought it'd make me happy. I really did. I thought having that gold, being able to brag to everybody that I was the champion would make me happy, but then... I surveyed this proverbial kingdom of dirt you built up for me. I surveyed the JWF and I realized, why the fuck would I want to be champion of this? I mean, hell, half of our tag team division hasn't even won a match this year. We got no stars. I mean, we got good hands. We got the Hammerman, the VWO, Guy Fieri, but they're not stars. You know, they're not the caliber of performer that Momoa Curry was, that the Dylan was, that I am. And as I saw this company, as I saw you refusing to grow new stars, as I saw Chuck Tibbs returning to become champion, Blake Tanner being blessed with undeserved title shots, and the same guys getting the same spots over and over and over and over again, I realized that this company... The JWF, it's going to eventually stagnate. People are going to get tired of seeing the same guy over and over and over again. And when that happens, Tibbs, you're not going to have new stars to take their place. But I did know of a place back then that does build new stars, that does have a dominant tag team division. And Tibbs, listen to this, they got women wrestling. Did you know that was a thing? They're letting the ladies wrestle now. Oh my god. It is the proverbial land of milk and honey. It is the best damn thing going in professional wrestling today. And it is JXT. A place where we can make anyone into a star from a tall, lanky, Babadook-looking motherfucker to a weird, silly dragon. It doesn't matter to us. We don't let our past hold us back like you do. We build stars for the future. And you know, for a while, that future, it, it seemed to be here in the JWF. But every single time we send you one of our stars tips, what happens? They become fodder. They become fodder to pushing your same five little guys. Well, I'm sorry, tips. But I am through letting you destroy what I worked 
so damn hard to create. So in four short weeks, Tibbs, we're no longer going to Los Trios Tangos, a racistly named pay-per-view that was getting dumber and dumber by the year. No, no, no. We're going to be crossing the line, and JXT is going to put the final nail in the coffin of the JWF. Because JXT is full of stars. And we're through letting you destroy their shine. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, Scotty Moore returning, revealing himself as the higher power of Gazi, of, of Gazi's benefactor. And it looks like he has issued a challenge. Scotty Moore wants a war. JWF versus JXT. And Tim's welcome back to the booth. How do you react to this? Well, Sills, once again... Looks like Scotty Moore has become too big for his britches. He has gotten a, a little bit of a taste of what it's like to run a wrestling company, and he thinks that he can take it to the big dogs is what he's thinking right now. So Scotty Moore wants a war between JWF and JXT. Let me tell you something. He's got one. I'll show him what it means to run a real damn wrestling company. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this is a... Big change-up. We are expecting a fun, light-hearted Los Trios Tangos this year, but instead, looks like we are going to have us a war between our developmental territory, JXT, and the JWF. And, Tibbs, I'm sure this war is going to be fought on two fronts, so make sure to tune in to JXT to see what happens over there as well. It just means the three dances. I don't understand. Why is that racist? I have no idea. Look, he's just... Scotty seemed very upset, but... Oh, wait a minute, Tibbs. I haven't been informed that next week, uh, after their encounter earlier, Robert Hill is going to be taking on Guy Fieri in a non-title match just to get some proving ground underneath him. And let me tell you something. It's non-title, but I still think Robert Hill is going to come out of that dominating. Of course, Sills. It's going to be a great match. And where did Robert Hill come from? JXT. Oh, look at that. Robert Hill, number one on the power rankings. I don't know what else makes a star other than that. God damn it. I'm going to fucking destroy this little baby company before I have to get... I'm getting a little too animated, Sills. I need my milk. Okay, enjoy your milk. Why do you have milk? Okay, anyways... Until then, ladies and gentlemen, remember to support the JWF by donating at patreon.com slash a load of BS that gets you access to exclusive content and the BS Network Discord where they're watching wrestling all the time. They're watching bad movies. They're going to Disney World on virtual trips. It's a great time at patreon.com slash a load of BS. And the more you donate at patreon.com slash a load of BS more money I will have to make JWF one of the best shows that you ever see on any network ever. That's right. And of course, remember to support us by picking up merch for your favorite superstars at merch.aloadofpurebs.com. We got stuff for the Hammerman, for Captain Tibbs. We also do have shirts for JXT. If you would like to see where, show off where you side in this war, you can by picking up merchandise at merch.aloadofpurebs.com. 100% sales. Although, uh, I'm a little bit particular to the ones with my face on them. That's right. But until next time, he's been Captain Tubes. I've been Silver Spoon, and this has been JWF Monday Night Ignition. And we will see you next time.